This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by One Planet Yarn and Fiber, a unique global marketplace. Visit the shop online at www.oneplanetyarnandfiber.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is episode 24. Thank you so much for listening. I have so much information to share with you today, but I think I'd like to first start off by telling you the winners of last episode's drawings. All of you who commented under episode 23's show notes on my blog were entered to win a skein of the Sublime Organic Merino from Dancing New Yarns and my pattern Sheepish. I randomly picked one of the commenters, and the winner is D, or Book Boxer on Ravelry. I also randomly picked a winner from the fairy tale Knits drawing that I announced last episode. And let me just say, a lot of you wanted that book. There were 170 or something comments left. It was crazy. So, without further ado, the signed copy of Fairy Tale Knits goes to Barbara or Nitty Barb on Ravelry. Congratulations to both of you. Please get in touch with me as soon as you can with your mailing address, and I will get these things sent off to you right away. Thanks to all of you who entered the drawing. There will be many more drawings this season, so please keep entering. I might be announcing your name next. So with all of that information out of the way, let's get on to the knitting. Since I've last recorded, I have been knitting and starting new projects at an alarming rate. There are, let's just say, several new projects to tell you about. It's so unlike me, I don't know, and I just don't really know where to begin, really. I guess I'll start out by telling you about my newest design project, and this one my three-year-old named for me, and she named it Molly, and there is a whole story about the naming process on my blog, if you're at all curious. So this pattern is for a beret with a pretty lace brim and a really neat spiral top that's created by the decrease pattern. The design is really versatile because it's offered in a striped or solid version and it's sized from baby to large adult. The pattern calls for a four ply or fingering weight yarn and I used a yarn that I had never tried before called Artisano 100% alpaca four ply and I got this from One Planet Yarns and Fibers. The yarn was really soft and the colors are super pretty. And I think that this yarn is suited really nicely to this pattern because the alpaca is really lightweight, but still very warm. But besides this yarn, I also think that this pattern would be perfect for using up some of that sock yarn that we all have in our stash. You know how that goes. Seems like a lot of us have a pretty extensive sock yarn collection. 
without the desire to knit that many pair of socks. And actually, you really don't need that much yardage in each color to do the stripe version. So that could be a really great stash busting project. It seems like every time I knit myself a pair of socks, I end up with a pretty good sized ball of yarn left over. So you could just rummage through your stash and find two balls of leftover yarn that work together and you can make this hat. So for my daughter's hat, I chose the colors Bolivia and Anemone in the Artisano Alpaca. And they're both kind of in the turquoise family. Bolivia is the super rich, saturated, beautiful peacock color, and Anemone is a heathered, lighter turquoise. I really liked the way it looked, pairing a super solid and a heathered color together. It's really pretty, and I really happen to love these colors. I never seem to go for them. I always choose autumn colors or greens or browns, reds, more warmer colors because I always think that they look better on me. But this really pretty turquoise looks great on my daughter and it really makes her blue eyes stand out when she wears it. This company, Artisano, is a yarn brand from England and it's not one that's readily available in the US. According to the Artisano website, One Planet Yarns and Fibers is the only online shop based out of the US that carries it. So if you'd like to make the hat and you're interested in trying out this yarn, One Planet Yarns and Fibers will be offering Molly kits in a couple of really cute color combinations for the stripe version and also solid version kits as well. Just the other night, I started another Molly for myself this time out of the alpaca in the fern colorway. And yes, I know, fern, it's, it's green. Of course, but in my defense, I may have a ton of green sweaters, but I do not yet have one green hat. So, so there. So I've decided to make my hat in the solid color version. And that way you can see what it looks like both ways. I'm really excited about this one. It's just a simple classic hat pattern, but it has a few details that make it unique and fun to knit. The pattern will be all finalized and available for purchase on Ravelry and my blog in just a few days. The next project I started recently was yet another knitted toy for my daughter. I wasn't planning on making this. It all came about because just the other day my daughter came up to me and asked, completely out of the blue, Mommy, can you make me an elephant? Mommy! Mommy, can you make me an elephant? So really, how could I resist? I love making knitted toys. And I love that my daughter loves the toys that I make. In fact, I think my daughter loves that I love that she loves the toys. Basically, there is a lot of knitted toy love going on around here. I just think it's a really fun process, something that we can share together. So the little elephant that I decided to knit her is from the pattern Elijah by Isolde Teague. Elijah calls for a DK weight yarn knitted tightly on a small needle. And the really cool thing about this project is that he's knit in one piece, which I really appreciate. 
instead of knitting the head, the body, the trunk, the legs, the ears, the arms, all separately and then having to sew them all together, you simply just pick up stitches and knit. So this way you really see the elephant form right before your eyes. And when you're done knitting him, you're completely done. There's no extra seams to sew up, there's no weird ends to weave in, you just kind of do it as you go. I'm really enjoying making it, and I ended up having the perfect yarn in my stash. I decided to use up those remnants of my Sublime Organic Merino that I had left over from my sheepish sweater. And to me, this really is a perfect marriage between yarn and pattern. That twine color that I originally used for the sweater, who knew that it was actually the perfect elephant gray? And also, you know how I feel about this yarn. It's insanely soft, and it's producing pretty much the softest elephant ever. Basically, I think I've killed two birds with one stone with this project. I'm knitting my daughter that elephant that she so desperately wanted, and I'm using up the remainder of my yarn, which really feels good. And the way it looks, it's going to take up the entire remainder, which is nice because I hate ending up with small amounts. Before Elijah came to mind for this yarn, I was thinking about making the Cafe Olay mitts on Ravelry. But those would have only taken one skein, and I still would have had about three quarters of a skein left over or so, so I'm glad I decided to knit the elephant instead. It'll use it all up. I have two other projects that I've been working on, but I'm only going to tell you about one and save the other one for next time because I just have too much to talk about this episode. So the last project I'm going to tell you about is a project for me. And this project, unfortunately, has a long, sad, tumultuous story full of anger and much frustration, but it has a happy ending. It all started with some yarn, new yarn, a skein of beautiful sea silk in the Ireland colorway. Sea silk is a yarn that I am very attracted to, and it's one that I will be reviewing in a little bit. This colorway that I chose is so up my alley. It's a mix of different shades of my favorite color, green, and also this shade of pretty gray. The colors perfectly match the name of this colorway, Ireland. And I have mentioned my obsession with wanting to visit Ireland, haven't I? So I definitely wanted to make something amazing out of this yarn. I have seen a lot of really pretty lace shawls in Ravelry lately, and they really have gotten me thinking about a lace project. And I'm not really much of a lace knitter, I've always been the kind of knitter that liked the idea of lace shawls, but never actually made them. I have a surprising stash of lace weight yarn to prove that. In fact, I've only knit one lace shawl before, and that was a couple of years ago, but I did really enjoy it. For those of you who have made a lace shawl, you know that it's quite an amazing process. You carefully follow all of these tiny charts, which make you feel pretty awesomely smart once you've completed them. And then there's that transformation at the end, 
when you block your shawl, it's really quite an experience. And it's something that I decided that I wanted to experience again. So that's when I went online and started browsing all of the shawl patterns. I immediately wanted to make a Laminaria shawl, which is a pattern on Nitty.com. And that shawl in the picture is just this really pretty, vibrant green, which is the color of my yarn. So I thought that that would be really perfect. So I got started on it um, three times. First, I was using the wrong needle size. And then the second time, I made a mistake. And then the third time, I made another mistake. But that third time, once I figured it out, everything was going great until I looked at my work. And I saw that actually there was something really, really bad happening here. Um, it was weird. The shawl on one side, the stitches were going vertically, and then on the other side, they were horizontal. It wasn't symmetrical at all. So I carefully looked through the pattern to see what I was doing wrong, and I couldn't find anything. So I went to Ravelry, and I was kind of happy to find that a lot of other knitters had also seen this problem. The interesting thing about this is that we weren't doing anything wrong, that this is what the pattern is supposed to look like. Of course, there were all of these great modifications provided on how to redo the pattern and to make it symmetrical, but I hate ripping things out. And since it had taken me three times already to start it, I did not feel like ripping out and starting over again with the right modifications. So since I knew that it technically wasn't wrong, I tried to just ignore it and keep going. and. It got to the point where I just couldn't do that any longer. I just hated that it wasn't symmetrical. And I think I was just mad at the pattern in general for not being symmetrical to begin with. And I guess I just didn't feel like starting it all over again. So I set that shell aside and decided to try to find something else that would work better. And plus I was pretty convinced that the laminaria shawl would probably look better in a true lace weight anyway, not a fingering weight. So again, on Ravelry, I quickly found another lace shawl pattern that was this time specifically written for sea silk, one skein of sea silk. And this pattern goes by two names on Ravelry. It's called Gale and also Night Songs. And it's this beautiful shawl design with what looks like leaves extending out from the center. I'm just a sucker for leaf designs in knitwear anyways. And since now I had found this new leafy pattern and I was working in an interesting yarn in my favorite color, named after my favorite fantasy vacation spot, it was pretty much shaping up to be an impeccable knitting experience and I could not wait to get started. It was impeccable in theory, but the truth of the matter is that this pattern thoroughly humiliated me. I have never felt so stupid with knitting in my entire life. It's turned out so great, so unassuming, 
I downloaded the thing, and I was pleased to find easy-to-read charts with just a smidgen of instructions thrown in. This was going to be a piece of cake. Or so I thought. I flew through the first chart repeat, the very first night. It went so quickly, and I was so happy. The pattern said to repeat rows 3 through 33 seven times. Simple enough. That first repeat went really well. But for some reason, at this point, which seemed so self-explanatory, I was completely stuck. Completely, utterly confused. And this really doesn't ever happen to me. Not in a long time, anyways. I've been knitting for such a long time now that I hardly ever run into a problem that I can't work through. But here, I was completely stuck. I kept reading the instructions looking for a clue, but I couldn't find anything. There was just no way that I could figure out how to repeat these rows. I've never even seen a chart like this before. It was weird, it's like there just wasn't enough stitches or something. I was starting to wonder how 822 knitters on Ravelry had completed this shawl successfully. Yet, I couldn't get past the first repeat. It was quite humbling, really. So then I started ripping out and re-knitting rows. Over and over again, trying to figure out the problem. Trying to figure out what I had done wrong. With no success. After staring at that shawl and pattern for what seemed like forever, I decided that there was no way I was going to be able to figure this thing out. I needed help in a big way. It's times like these that I'm so thankful for Ravelry. I immediately logged on and come to find out this chart that I was following was written in an abbreviated style. And I didn't even know that that sort of thing existed. So I downloaded another chart, a really great one. And this chart was provided by Liz Abenante, and it's so easy to understand, and it's just awesome. It's the same pattern, but just written in a more thorough way. And since I started following this new chart, I have had not one problem. In fact, the repeats are just flying by. I'm on my fourth repeat now, so I'm about halfway done. Despite all of the problems I had in the beginning, I would say that this is definitely not a hard pattern. Not at all. And it's knit on size 7 needles, so it's really fast, and it's turning out really nicely. So this shawl is something that I would definitely recommend. And those of you listening who are interested in making it, you don't have to learn the hard way like I did. I'll be providing a link in the show notes to this awesome chart I found. So you can just start off using this chart and you'll be fine. I think that now would be a good time for me to... Bring on the product reviews. In this episode, I will be reviewing an online yarn shop, One Planet Yarn and Fibers. And also I will be reviewing Handmaiden Sea Silk the yarn I'm using for my shawl. I know that many of you have probably heard the name Sea Silk before. I picked this yarn to talk about this week because it is a yarn that I have always found intriguing. 
not only is it eye-catchingly gorgeous with its lovely sheen and eye-popping colorways, but its fiber content is really unique. It is 70% silk and 30% sea cell, which is a mixture of tencel and seaweed. And the coolest part about this is that the company says that the seaweed in here contains trace elements of calcium, magnesium, and vitamin E, which are naturally released into the skin when you're wearing a garment made from this yarn. Sea Silk is a three-ply fingering weight yarn put up into 100 gram skeins of 437 yards. This yarn comes in a variety of beautiful colors, all hand-dyed by fleece artists. There are beautiful hand-painted variegated yarns, if that is your style, and they also offer really nice tonal and semi-solid colors. I love pretty much all of them. I mostly have seen sea silk knit into shawls and lace work, and that's a great application for it. It truly is stunning. I was looking around on Ravelry before I recorded, and I thought I'd share with you a few patterns that you could knit out of only one skein. One of these is the Montego Bay pattern, which is a really pretty openwork scarf that originally appeared in Interweave Knits, but now you can purchase and download the pattern on Ravelry. I keep thinking about making this one myself. It's really simple and shows off the yarn really nicely. This pattern would be a great option for those who are not really into the complicated lace knitting, but like the look of openwork stitches. Another lovely scarf that would be a great pattern option is the Lace Ribbon Scarf from Knitty.com. This is a little bit more complicated than the Montego Bay pattern, but still fairly simple. And you could make a good size scarf out of just one skein. Now, if you are really into lace knitting and you're looking for some one skein patterns, you could try out the pattern Gale, the one that I'm working on. Or you could go for the Swallowtail Shawl. The Swallowtail is the pattern that I've knit before and I really liked making it. There are beautiful versions of both these patterns on Ravelry done in the sea silk yarn and I'll be sure to be linking to them in this episode's show notes. As I previously mentioned, I got my skein of sea silk from One Planet Yarn and Fibers, and as this episode's sponsor, they would like to offer all Never Not Knitting listeners the opportunity to try out this yarn, as well as everything else in their shop, at a discount. I was really happy when One Planet decided to sponsor the podcast, because I really enjoy their online shop and their business philosophy. One of the interesting things about their selection is that they carry yarns from all over the globe, and they also ship all over the globe as well. They support independent businesses and carry brands that you've heard about but maybe haven't seen in person. You'll find the artisanal and handmaiden yarns that I've already mentioned, but also you'll find brands such as Be Sweet Yarns, the rest of the Fleece Artist Yarns, Fiber Spates, Joe Sharp, Kay Lund, just to name a few. They even have their own yarn line from South America called Lanus Purus. Another thing that makes this shop unique is the fact that they work with several well-known designers, such as Anne Hansen from Knit Spot, Sweater Babe, Ilga Liha, and Debbie O'Neill. They offer quite a variety of designer patterns and kits. They also offer exclusive kits from designers such as Melissa Worley and Connie Chang 
Kinkyo, and these are exclusive in the sense that they can't be found online anywhere else except for One Planet Yarn. And I have to say from personal experience that this shop offers fabulous customer service. And also I was noticing on their site that they have really cool customer bonus programs where you can earn $5 credits if you send in pictures of your projects made with their yarn or if you link to them from your blog. I'll include all of this information in this episode's show notes. As you know, the name of this shop is One Planet, and this theme really extends to all areas of their business. On the shop website, they state that they're environmentally conscious. The packing materials that they use are made from 75% recycled materials, and they also recycle all of their suppliers' boxes and shipping materials. It's also mentioned here that they donate a portion of their profits every year to a world peace organization. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, there's a lot to like about this little shop, and I'm really glad I have this opportunity to share it with you. As our sponsor, One Planet is offering 10% off to all of the podcast listeners, off of everything in their store. That includes the Molly kit, as well as the other designer kits, all the yarns, the fibers, and even the things in the sale or closeout sections. This offer is available until October 15th, and all you need to do is enter the special code NNK in the checkout process. I really think that the shop is something special, and I will hope that you will all take the time to check it out. This episode's knitting story will be read by me, but was contributed by podcast listener Tabby Jones, and this is her story of the perfect socks. I can't find no matching socks today. No, it isn't easy getting up and getting dressed. I can't find no matching socks today. No matching socks. Let me just start out by saying, I love sock yarn. Since I have no local yarn shop, I love going on my favorite online yarn store and drooling over their new sock yarn inventory every week, clicking on each image to enlarge it, allowing me to see every detail in the beautiful hand-painted skeins. One particular evening, I was browsing and noticed that they had some new sock yarn from Fleece Artist. I had been lusting after some of this yarn after reading good reviews on the Yarn Harlots blog and on Ravelry. The colors seemed so vibrant and the variegated colorways were unique and pleasing to the eye. I took my time looking at the photos, hoping to find a skein that would call my name. I quickly found it. A gorgeous, dark navy with patches of bright turquoise, vibrant purple, and olive. It reminded me of a peacock's tail, or the northern lights. The name of the colorway really sealed the deal for me. It was the name of my firstborn daughter. So I put that yarn into my shopping cart right away and checked out. It was at my doorstep in just a few days, and the colors were beautiful. I smiled each time I looked at that skein, displayed proudly in a basket in the living room. The yarn was soft, 
but not too soft. A good sign of its durability, I thought to myself. Also, it was colorful, yet would easily coordinate with more sensible clothing because of the darker colors. The color saturation was just wonderful, and even the tag itself was a piece of art. Now, to find the perfect pattern. I wanted beautiful, unique socks. Nothing flashy, but understated and interesting. I ruled out cables. The darker color just would not suit them. Most of the lacy patterns I looked at would be obscured by the flashes of bright color as I knit along. For months, the beautiful yarn languished, begging to be knit. Then one month, a sock knit-along group was featuring designs from online knitting magazines. I quickly visited my favorite site, knitty.com, to browse. There, I found a pattern that might just work for my precious yarn. It was a feather and fan pattern with pearl ridges every few rows, very similar to the Liesel sweater pattern. It also had this cute scalloped border, which added a lot of interest. I printed out the pattern. As I gathered my supplies and prepared to knit, I looked over the instructions. Oh, my. Look at that cast on. 137 stitches? That can't be right. Oh, okay. The scallops are formed by rapidly decreasing on the next couple of rows. Hmm. I finished reading the pattern. The rest looked like pretty standard, straightforward sock knitting. So I decided to cast on. I have to tell ya, it took a while to cast on all of those stitches. And the scallops were a bit fiddly. But the look is worth it, I told myself. Quickly, I was on to the feather and fan knitting pattern and happily knitting away. Hmm. This doesn't... This does not look I right. I slipped the three-inch sock cuff over my leg. Oh, no. This is way too big. Like, two inches too big. <sighs> oh, well... A little ripping back wouldn't hurt. After all, these socks needed to be just right. I decided that I needed to reduce that cast on, but the number of stitches needed for the scalped edging had a different multiple than the main pattern, and I stewed over it for quite a while. A friend on Ravelry helped me out, but my enthusiasm was waning. I cast on again, still a huge number of stitches. I decided to try on the cuff after finishing the edging, and wow, it was a perfect fit. Finally, I was back on the road to amazing socks. A few more inches knitted, and I tried it on again. Oh no, what's this? Ah, it wouldn't go over my heel. Did my gauge change or something? Were the new calculations wrong? Who knew? But I was starting to wonder if my fabulous, perfect socks were not going to work out for me after all. The twice-frogged yarn now sat in my knitting bag, sadly glancing my way every time I peeked in. This just wasn't right. This yarn was my special, beautiful, meant-to-be knitting project. Finally, 
I just gave up. I decided to scrap the idea of a perfect pattern and just cast it on as a plain pair of stockinette stitch socks. I justified it by telling myself, and the yarn, that this was just the best way to show off its colors to the fullest advantage. The yarn agreed, and the first sock was done in no time. I think I started the toe decreases a couple of rows too early, so they were a little bit on the tight side. No big deal. I like my socks a bit snug anyways. Halfway through my second sock, my firstborn daughter sat down next to me and began admiring the first sock, fully completed. That is so pretty, Mom. Who will this pair be for? She asked. Well, um, you know, um, these, these are mine, I replied somewhat guiltily as she slipped that sock onto her own foot for comparison. But look, Mom, it fits me perfectly. And after looking at it, I really couldn't disagree with her. I guess this wasn't my meant-to-be-yarn after all. It's true that it did have her name on it all along. so much Tabby for sharing your story. I'm really hoping that your daughter appreciates her socks. I will be providing a link to Tabby's Ravelry page as well as her blog in this episode's show notes. Tabby has informed me that the name of her firstborn daughter and the colorway of the fleece artist sock yarn is Aurora. And as you know, One Planet Yarn and Fibers carries fleece artists and would love to offer a skein of their merino sock yarn in this Aurora colorway to one of you listening. So if you'd like to enter the drawing to win this yarn to make your own pair of perfect socks, just leave a comment under episode 24's show notes. You have until October 1st to enter the drawing and I'll be announcing the winner on the next episode. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you are on Ravelry, please join our Never Not Knitting listeners group for some great conversation and links, and we're sharing pictures of our knitting projects, and it's a lot of fun, so please join us there. That pretty much wraps up episode 24. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. Won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her.
her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Nobody has clean laundry No pants, no shirts, no underwear But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.